Welcome to the B-Side Boys Podcast. Who do you think you are? I am! An Iowa rugby podcast. Okay, I didn't know that. Well, now you do! With your host, Mr. Gray. Big meaty man slapping me. And Philly V. I am untethered and my rage knows no bounds! Brought to you by Rotor Epoxy. This is the adult tour, which means you can drink if you want, and we can say whatever the hell we want. (laughs) This episode of the B-Side Boys is brought to you by Rotor Epoxy. New year, new floors. If you have a garage that needs to get done, a shed, a little bar, whatever, patio. Locker room. Locker room, all sorts of different stuff. Floor. Get a hold of Rotor Epoxy. They're going to get it taken care of for you. It's going to look beautiful. Everybody's going to be super impressed by it whenever they come over and check it out. If you spill anything, you're going to be able to clean it up nice and easy. And it looks great. And great price, great people, great service. I mean, just... Can't speak highly enough about them. They're just, they're the best. So that's why you need to get a hold of Rotor Epoxy. Go to their Facebook page. Look them up online. R-O-D-E-R Epoxy. Tell them the B-Side Boys sent you. Yes, please. Yeah, that's really important. Now, here's the show. So there it was. Another episode of the B-Side Boys. Philly V, how we doing? Good. How are you feeling after uh, St. Paddy's Day weekend? You know... St. Patty's Day was a great day with me and my wife, Lex. We had a little, little powwow. A little Friday fun day. Yeah. Uh, the day before, I was in Fort Dodge with Tom McClyman. Uh, he showed me the Dodge way, you know. <laughs> the dirty Dodge way. Yeah, Fort Dodge versus the world. And, you know, when you go up there and you spend a day with Tom. And so we had, I get to the house around 11 a.m. He's got Bloody Marys ready to go. Four TVs in the back room. We're watching college wrestling, college basketball. We're putting our parlays together. We've got our brackets for wrestling. We watch all this stuff, having a few drinks. He made Italian beef, corned beef and cabbage. Then we go bowling. Then he takes me to this like little house party of all these like blue collar Fort Dodge, like people who like run the town. And then uh, we went back to his house for a nightcap and uh, I was hurting the next morning. (laughs) And fun fact, uh, we actually had an hour-long interview between me and Tom that we had at the end of the night. That interview was awesome. It was hilarious. And it will probably never see the light of day. <laughs> yeah. Very entertaining. That might have to be like a uh, explicit Patreon-like content if we ever do that. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I mean, uh, we sounded very sleepy. <laughs> I won't quite say sleepy, but I get what you mean. Um, no, it was yeah. a lot of fun. It was really good to catch up with Tom. We're going to have him on the show soon, but we'll be very alert and focused. We we had a really full day, fun day, but it... It did sound like a fun day. Yeah, no... Did was, you win any parlays? Yeah, I did. No, did I you really? Okay. No, I did pretty well. I'm pretty much broke even, though. Like, I, I started off cold, got hot, and then I've leveled off lately. So, you know, how about you? How was your St. Patty's Day? Well, I went home for my sister's baby shower diaper keg type deal, so I didn't really get too crazy or rowdy. Dude, it's like the first St. Patty's weekend where I wasn't just 
shit faced. So I, it was kind of nice. I was gonna say you gotta stop saying like oh, I went to my sister's baby shower. Just call it diaper cake. Well, the baby know. shower parts for like the women. Yeah, I know, but it was a diaper cake for the boys, the men. Yeah, but it wasn't really exactly a diaper cake. We just got together and drank beers and shit, which was. But it's like the that's the only way I know how to explain that. It's like just that style, you know. I don't know. Yeah, I gotcha, I gotcha. But hey, pretty good weekend all around. Yeah, some rugby was played. Saw some big rugby stuff happening as rugby well. Stuff, yeah, yeah. And so first thing I saw, University of Northern Iowa, the men's team, they hosted another clinic with Coach Zeus and Joe Randall, and then you and I players Cooper Isaacson and Aiden from you know originally they played for Denver. Yeah. And they put on a rugby clinic for the Denver Rugby Club. So really awesome to see. This is the second time in two weeks that the University of Northern Iowa and head coach Jesus Ramirez have put on a clinic for a high school club. It's really cool to see them giving back. And these are like they're giving back to smaller communities to grow some excitement, create those like pipelines for recruiting, and just have good relationships with the high school teams. I, I love to see it. It's yeah. really cool to see. It looked like there was a good number of kids there too. Like. It's really awesome to see. It makes me think about the time, what was that, 2013, 14? We did a little like rugby clinic mm-hmm. deal at the uh, it was it NI High Gym or whatever it was. Yeah, yep. there were some like Cedar Falls kids there and stuff. And oh, yeah. yeah, I remember doing that. Yeah. Yeah, we talked about that before here. Yeah, no, that's that's pretty cool that yeah. you know, they are still doing stuff like that. No, it's good. And doing I think, more. <laughs> and, and having Zeus and Joe at you know, leading the charge at you and I, you're going to see that, you know, they're very focused on growing the game, especially in the local communities. Uh, I mean, that's a huge part, part of it for them. So love to see it. Yeah. And speaking of you and I though, they have their collegiate cup (coughs) coming up next weekend. Mm, going to be a little chilly. Yeah. It's going to be a little chilly for that. Well, might not be too bad, but I wonder if they still do the infamous America party afterwards. Oh man. Collegiate cup was always my most favorite spring rugby yeah, tournament 100 <clears throat> i felt like it was a little bit later like in mid-april for us when we did it or late april yeah so i remember getting sunburnt yeah and then we would have the usa party where everyone's decked out in red white and blue that was so much fun having that the one time we had the party at ib easy oh ib easy oh my god that was so much fun oh and then that goodness. one year we did uh we hosted a qualifier that yeah. was in like Principia and Duluth showed and up. Principia and Duluth got yeah. the bids over yeah. us. And we had some really close matches. Dude, Whitewater was there too. That year we were like 29 and 4 or something like that. And we didn't make a qualifier bid. Because Principia, Duluth, and Whitewater were all picked ahead of us. Yeah. Like our four losses were to those three teams. Yeah, so that's why. I know, but still. I did just, the, I did, just, it bothers me. <laughs> I did still. The, I did the paperwork for nationals at large. and. Yeah. If it was NCR, we would have made it. No. <laughs> no, that was back when it was USA Rugby, and they didn't give a shit. Mm-hmm. Boo. Also <laughs> speaking of UNI, the women's team, I saw they posted, and same with Iowa State women's, uh, they went up to the Twin Cities Amazon Rugby Clinic in Mankato. So a bunch of college girls, they went up to Mankato. Twin City Amazons put on a clinic. Looked like they did some drills on the field. They had a film session. A ton of former UNI women play for the Twin Cities Amazon rugby. And then also, um, I think Iowa State has a player or two that plays for them. Mm -hmm. And then, you know, again, networking. You see it with the men's club, high school to college. Now you're seeing it with senior sites, college to senior side. Really cool to see. So the men's program doing stuff, women's program. And I think that's huge, too, because for us men, 
Finding a senior side club, super easy. Oh, yeah. Compared to the women. The women, it's like, okay, everywhere in Iowa, they're still developing. Is something going to happen? I don't know. Uh, then you have a really good club like Twin Cities. Well, you have to move yeah. three, three and a half, four hours away to play for a decent club. So really cool they get that experience and kind of learn what is it like to play for this club, to live in the Twin Cities, what's that transition like. You know, we had Maggie Burns on yeah. a while back, and she kind of explained that process. Uh, Coach Megan Flanagan has played for him before. It's yeah. it's really cool to to see that connection, and I, I think we'll see more you and I oh, women yeah, and Iowa State Cyclones. I bet we see a lot of these women continue to play for the Twin Cities, and that'll continue to grow the Twin Cities as well. Yeah. Also, there is... The 2023 U23 Women's Iowa Selects. So this is for college kids, the college women. Uh, I don't think there's a men's college select side currently, but for the women, this year, the U23 Iowa Select Side Camp Session will be held on Saturday, April 22nd in Cedar Falls. Player check-in will be at 10.30 a.m. with camp starting precisely at 11 a.m. It will run until 1.30 to 2-ish p.m. and there will be food provided at the end of camp. Players who are between the ages of 18 to 22 or turning 23 in 2023 are eligible to participate. If they turn 24 any time during the year 2023, they are not eligible. The Midwest Regional Tournament will be held the weekend of May 20th in Milwaukee, Wisconsin. Hmm. So if you are a college girl or college-aged girl, because I know like Des Moines Rugby has some girls under yeah. 23 who are playing with them. If you are 23 and under, you can sign up. It's on... I know the UNI Women's Rugby page shared it. Um, the Iowa Rugby Union page might have shared it. Uh, just look for that. Megan Flanagan, Kelsey McDowell, guarantee they have information oh, yeah. on it. So basically, uh, sign up and then, you know, represent the state. Last year, the Iowa Select Side team did very well. Mm -hmm. And these girls, they go on to play for the Thunderbirds. They get seen at high-level, high-performance. And then they get, you know, picked up to play very high-level rugby. Do Sometimes it. Sometimes it's U23 Eagles stuff, you know? Yeah, we've seen yeah. multiple U23 Eagles. So definitely, definitely, if you are a college girl, college-aged girl, sign up for that. Iowa always does fantastic. Mm -hmm. And our girls go on to play very high level. Exactly. Keep it going. Any other select side news? Yeah, so men's select side was over the weekend. I had a chance to talk to Dee a little bit about it because, fortunately... I was busy over the weekend, so I wasn't able to go to the trial. But oh, we had like, a baby shower yeah, or something. Yeah, <laughs> and uh, it sounded like, from according to at least DeAndre, is that backline looked really good, real backline <coughs> heavy. So a lot of guys showed up for that. Wait, the backline was overweight. <laughs> yeah, huge, <laughs> huge. <laughs> but no, a lot of really good players, a lot of Iowa City guys, like as you would expect, because um, it was in Iowa City. Yeah, but, I mean, and, yeah, last year it was in West Des Moines. A lot of, a lot Des, Moines of Des Moines guys. guys yeah. yeah. Um, so there's a lot of, I mean, like a decent amount of forwards, but there probably should have been some more forwards there, but still a lot of good players. So, um, yeah, first match is going to be April 8th for a little tune-up against Kansas City Blues. So. Easter weekend. Yeah. Against the KC Blues. Mm -hmm. That'll be good, though, because the Iowa men's select side has never had tune-up matches. It's always try out. Yeah. Once you try out, the next time you see everybody is the day of the LAU yeah. tournament. And we always do... Well, we're in the arena. Yeah. Close matches. But like, think if we had like some camaraderie together and we're mm -hmm. practicing and played at least a match or two beforehand. I think it's a great idea that they line that up. Yeah. 
It's going to help. Oh, it's going to be huge. No, that's awesome. So hopefully we see, you know, some more guys. Yeah. If you haven't signed up for select side yet or you're interested in doing select side, do it. Get signed up. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Help. Easy. Well, and it's, yeah, it's fun to do. So, and another thing with, you know, high performance as we're talking about it. So USA Rugby Pathways ramps up for year three of nationwide talent ID camps in 2023. So USA Rugby is working with World World Rugby. We talked about this before. Mm-hmm. World Rugby wants to invest in USA Rugby because, again, World Rugby wants USA to be a primetime player in the World Rugby scene because there's a lot of advertising dollars and a lot of, you know, it's a developed yeah, country. a lot of potential. There's a lot of potential for money to be made if our... You know, fan base is built, and if we play at a high level. So World Rugby is willing to, you know, help USA run these camps, give some money. And so these camps are for men and women. They're talent ID camps for U18, U20, and U23. So I'm just going to read this straight from the USA Eagles website. USA Rugby High Performance Pathways will return to the road in 2023, hosting the third annual series of talent identification camps beginning in March. Each camp is focused on identifying men's and women's athletes capable of competing for junior and senior national teams. Athletes between 16 and 25 are encouraged to review the performance criteria here and sign up for a camp in an area at least five days before. So... You can go to USA Rugby's website or their Facebook page, and you can find this information. You know, in March, they're going to be in California. April, they're in North Carolina. May, they're in Texas and New Jersey, Boston. June 3rd, Chicago, Illinois. That's probably the one if you're from Iowa or the Midwest. Chicago, Illinois, June 3rd, register. June 10th, they're going to be in Salt Lake City, Utah. And then to be decided, Northern California, Denver, Colorado, and Washington, D.C., so, uh, Brendan Keene, USA Rugby Men's High Performance Pathways Manager, said, Over the past two years, we've seen a number of players advance from the Talent ID Series into Junior National Teams and the USA Rugby Academy, held each fall, then into MLR. At the identification events, specifically, we are looking for players with exceptional rugby skills and exceptional athleticism. In addition, to make it successfully through the ID process, we are looking for players with the character and resolve to realize their talent. So... Yeah, basically about these talent ID camps. They are in partnership with World Rugby. The camps include a series of tests and combine style event uh, environment that create opportunities for athletes from diverse sporting backgrounds. So players rotate, blah, blah, blah. Yeah. So basically, I mean, it's like no other, or it's just like every other high performance. Yeah. Yeah. They're just trying to find who are good athletes. Yeah. yeah, who are good just, athletes? Yeah, literally, in the name, identify who these athletes are, and yeah. hopefully, you know, have them on some sort of list that they can try to pull yeah. from. So, and then watch them over the years, and then they have this massive pool to pick from. And then by attending the World Cups in the United States, we're good to go. Yeah, that's in like eight years. Yeah, that's why they're like, <laughs> okay, if they're sixteen now, they'll be twenty-four when the World Cup comes around. So, yeah, I mean, yeah, that is a good point, but yeah. Well, and that's the thing too. If you're 16, 17, 18 to 25, sign up for the Chicago one. Put your name in the hat. And then every time they have a database, your name is in there. Yeah. You know, you're going to be flagged and and things will pop up. And as you develop and your career kind of continues and maybe you're, you know, on that next phase rugby app, they see where you go to college. Like, they'll keep an eye on you. If you don't put your name in the hat, they're not going to select you. Yeah. Unless you're like 
like break a huge, out yeah, stand out, yeah. you know, from somewhere. Yeah. Where everybody sees your clips online, they go, where did this kid come mm-hmm. from? You know? Exactly. Really tough to do. Uh, speaking, though, of clubs that have things like that happen, another big thing in college rugby is happening. The Big Rivers Rugby Conference in the NCR. That's where Iowa Central's at. That's basically where all these, like, small colleges that are varsity programs, basically all of them were, like, INSCRO or NCR small college, Mm. and then they became varsity. Um, They're in this D1 conference called the Big Rivers Conference. So, again, that's where Iowa Central's at. So, they just announced today exciting news. The Big Rivers Rugby Conference is excited to announce the inclusion of three new Division I rugby squads for the 23-24 season. The six members of the Big River Rugby Conference voted unanimously to include Principia College in Elsa, Illinois, and University of Rio Granada in Rio Granada, Ohio, as full members of the conference. Trine University has also been included as a provisional member of the conference with a plan for full membership the following season. Much like Thomas Moore in 2021, Principia College recently won the 2022 Division II National Championship in 15s and is now moving D1. All three universities are currently competing in D1 for Spring 7s. This expansion brings the conference to eight full member universities, leading to some changes in the conference structure for the fall. The member universities have elected to divide the conference into East and West for the regular season play with a multi-weekend conference tournament later in the season. Uh, to be determined or to do to determine the conference champion the structure permits squads more early and mid-season flexibility for out-of-conference matches and promotes more competitive season throughout so that's huge because the travel yeah i was, I was just gonna say just keeping them on one <coughs> side or the other so then yeah. iowa central won't have to travel so much for their matches i mean when they, i mean they were playing on the, if they had a road game they're on the east coast yeah exactly and so now the fact that like you know Ohio is still pretty far. Principia yeah. is going to be pretty far, but not still. as not as far as they were traveling. Exactly, and like I really like seeing Principia in that conference. We've been talking about how it would make a lot of sense for them to move up to Division One. I. I feel like you even said something about them entering the Big Rivers Conference a while back. I did, yeah, because I'm so. a genius. You're so smart. Oh, thanks, Phil. So no, I, I just all kidding aside. I mean, it makes sense, like. Principia is in that weird spot where it's like, you know, we looked at it, 320 students, mm. but 19 of their 23 rostered players for the playoffs were international. Yeah. Where do they belong? They're not a normal team. They're not. They're definitely not a D2 club, mm. but they're not a normal yeah, D1 you, club. Yeah, you can't have them playing like Lindenwood or, you know, Life or something like that. Like, I don't know. Could you? I don't know. Well, maybe. I don't know. They... Right. they Throttle just about everybody they yeah. played in D2, so... Right. So, I think this is a really good move for them. And, yeah. I mean, it's kind of cool, too, because I was talking with Jesus Ramirez, coach of UNI men's rugby. You know, we were talking about how it's one of those things where it'd be cool to see teams with the same, you know, resources playing against exactly. each other. Exactly. And my thought with that is, you know, UNI's club... UIC, University of Illinois Chicago, their club. But UIC, like, they struggled years ago. Like, mm. they were getting beat by you and I by like 100, right? Yeah. And that doesn't mean you and I should go up. That doesn't mean UIC should same, go that, down. Because same resources. Yeah. And, like, if you and I jumped up, that would mean, okay, they have way less resources than their new competition. It, it's kind of like, you know, who's doing what with the same amount of stuff? And that's why, too, Principia, like, 
when they played Chicago, mm. or you and I even, their cupboard is filled with name brand where, you know, everybody yeah. else is working with local produce. I don't know. That's not probably the greatest metaphor, but you know what I'm trying no, to say. Yeah, like, no, 100%, because, like, would they have that much success without having, you know, a varsity program? Like, they clearly, I mean, I personally, yeah, they personally don't think they're going to be pulling people in from other countries. Right. So, <clears throat> right. Well, because we looked up their tuition, too. It was expensive, but yeah. then, like, if they're coming in for rugby, yeah. So, I I like it because, again, if, let's say, you're in the Big Rivers Conference, right? Mm-hmm. You have eight programs that are all varsity. One of those teams is going to finish in last place. Should they be relegated down? No. no. They, they have to find a way because the people that they're playing against are working with a similar... And I shouldn't say the same yeah. because... Iowa Central's structure is different than everybody else, you know? And also, the way the school supports them might look different. But again, it's closer, you know, Iowa Central and Principia, Mm -hmm. even though they're vastly different universities and how they're built and how they're structured through their, uh, you know, admit or registrar or administration or Mm -hmm. how they receive funds and, you know, the different programs they offer, they're way different. But they're way more alike to each other than either of them are to the University of Northern mm-hmm. Iowa. You know what I mean? Yeah, it's exactly, just a completely yeah. different thing. Also, really <clears> funny, <throat> though, that we got that Rio Granada, right? Because easily would have read that as real, real grand if Casey wouldn't have mentioned anything yeah. about that. <laughs> I was yeah. thinking about that after you read that. I'm like, oh, yeah, that was I, awful. <laughs> I, yeah, Casey Hansen told us that Rio Granada is a new program in Ohio, and that's how they pronounce it. So, no, I did not say that incorrectly on purpose. That is the actual name because they don't want to be confused with the Rio, Rio Grande. Grand. Rio Grande. I yeah, don't know. It's Rio Grande, but yeah. <laughs> Rio Granada. Yeah, so yeah. I don't know. It's in Ohio. Yeah. Prayers. <laughs> all the memes, Anyways. you know, all yeah, the memes yeah. are yeah, like, yeah, it yeah. would suck to live in Ohio. Yeah, like 25% of Ohio is not livable right now. Yeah. I wasn't talking about that stuff. I just meant oh. like... The memes of like this is making fun of Ohio. Just so, can yeah. you know how people make fun of Florida? Yeah, Ohio is like the new Florida when it comes to memes. You haven't seen those? Oh yeah, I've seen the Ohio memes. Yeah, I'm not talking about the serious stuff. I'm talking about oh yeah, the actual memes. Okay, yeah, it was lighthearted, dude. I'm not. <laughs> it didn't feel lighthearted at first. Oh okay, <laughs> sorry. Okay. Uh, anyways, let's move on here. So last thing. Uh, the Iowa AGM was last weekend. We wanted to read through the minutes. We still don't have an update of those. Still waiting on those. Uh, sent a message out to Patrick and Tyler. Sent an email to Julie. Similarly, the, uh, the secretary? Secretary, yeah. Yeah, and then Patrick, president. Tyler, the vice president. We want to share that news out with you guys. They're still wrapping up on the minutes and making sure everything's good to go. Because, again, there is going to be a voting process for... The location of all Iowa and then their new board members mm-hmm. so they're finalizing that or I assume that's what they're doing once we have the information the minutes we will read those off so people know what is going on mm-hmm. uh, speaking of Patrick Lawson it, Patrick. <laughs> dude how could you say that it's his birthday today. I know happy birthday Patrick <laughs> yeah and so today we have a special guest for Patrick's birthday one of his former players American Raptor Tabius. Tabius, yeah. Scora Mathis. Let's talk to him. Let's get him on.
Get ready for the greatest roast of all time. The Roast of Tom Brady. A Netflix live event happening May 5th. Hosted by Kevin Hart, the seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady, live only on Netflix. All right, and now we are here with Tavius Sakura Mathis from the American Raptors. Tavius, how you doing tonight? Yeah, good. Uh, just got back to the States, uh, so good to be back home for a little bit. Nice. Happy to be here. That's awesome. Yeah, I know we've been, we tried to do this interview earlier and I totally didn't even think of it. And you're just like, <laughs> well, I don't have access to the phone because we'll be in South America. So <laughs> I was just like, oh man, like in my brain, I'm like, oh, road trip. We're, we're driving to Cedar Rapids from Des Moines <laughs> and you're, you got your passport and everything. So first of all, American Raptors, what an awesome experience. Can you tell us a little bit what that's been like playing? I mean, you've been on the road this entire year in South America for every single match, right? Yeah. Uh, first four weeks of the, the season have been down in South America, which was a nice little tour. Uh, the next six weeks will be here at home in Glendale, though. So that will be nice to have the other teams come to us for a change. Nice. Do you know, was there any reason why the schedule was built that way or it just happened to be that way? Uh, yeah, I don't know. Uh, I think that's probably above my pay grade. A little <laughs> bit. So it's like they had you staying in like South America, like during those entire four weeks, they weren't flying you guys back and forth. It was just, you'd hung, hung out there for a few weeks and we're playing your matches every weekend, right? Yeah. Each, each week was a different country. So we had like a week in that hotel and trainings at, at fields down there for us. And then we'd play on the weekend and then. After the game, we'd fly to the next country and just repeat the same process. So not even talking rugby, like, how cool is that to just – does it feel like you're on vacation with a little bit of work? Or, I mean, is it strictly a business trip? Because it's got to be cool to see some of these different cultures and experience these different, you know, countries and everything. Yo, no, yeah, for sure. That's it's probably one of my favorite parts of rugby, just, like, seeing places that, like, I never would have seen. Uh, we definitely, like, get our – like cultural events through the week so we get it's a little it's like it's cool it's definitely cool to be able to see these places and uh, experience new things especially just coming from iowa it's uh it's a big world out there oh yeah <laughs> <laughs> it almost a little bit of culture shock <laughs> yeah for sure so what does an average week look like for you in season like what does training look like what does it take to be on the raptors yeah uh trainings we have like typically we have a meeting in the morning around like eight thirty is when our day starts we'll have meetings at uh gym um we'll flip-flop with the backs and the forwards so we'll have our own unit session and then we'll have each unit trainings and uh then a team session in the afternoon uh each day goes pretty much like that uh with like you have your more difficult days obviously like physical days earlier in the week and then it, kind of ramps down as the week goes before game day. Mm. Um, but yeah, it's a lot of work. Uh, a lot of a lot of strong physical guys on this team. So uh, yeah, you got your work cut out for you every day. Was that a big shot coming from college in the States and then going over to the Raptors and then now playing overseas? I mean, what, what was that adjustment like for you? Yeah, I think 
I was really lucky that I was central. I got a little bit of a glimpse into traveling, not necessarily uh, around the world, but we we, we would travel uh, for our games. Uh, we'd go. We I, we played in New York, uh, down in Houston. So mm-hmm. I got a little bit of that experience of uh, like having those bus rides, having those long trips. But it's yeah, it's completely <laughs> one's a bus versus an airplane in, in the airport. So. Right, uh, it's kind of cool. We get whenever we go through the Denver airport, like we just get fast tracked through. makes Makes you feel pretty cool. <laughs> <laughs> that is pretty awesome. Wait, is that the Denver airport with all the conspiracy stuff? Do you know about the underground <laughs> secret military oh, yeah, base and tunnels? There's signs all over all over the airport talking about the tunnels. And do they shuttle you through the secret? Do you have a pass through the secret tunnels? <laughs> the secret tunnels? Can you get us in? <laughs> yeah, that's actually where they take us. The lizard people escort us <laughs> to our plane. Oh, raptors! It, it makes <laughs> sense. Oh, oh, I get it. Oh, oh, lizard that's people. Conspiracy itself. Oh. And that's why. You said last week, Phil, you're like, oh, raptors, like a velociraptor. Their logo's a bird. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, uh, like, a, like a bird of prey. Yeah. <laughs> oh, man, no, that's I was, awesome. <laughs> I was talking to someone last week about that, and they didn't realize our logo was a bird until I saw my sweatshirt, and they thought it was a velociraptor this whole time. you <laughs> <laughs> not the only one. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, no, my son, he would love if it was the velociraptors, but you know, right. it... It's a sweet logo, and I think, too, like, a lot of people watching uh, Glendale go from an MLR team, they made that announcement that they wanted to develop American talent and really focus on that, and then move into Super Rugby Americas. I think a lot of people were really shocked at first, and they didn't really believe in it, and they didn't really understand the move, and it seems like a really cool endeavor that they've done, Mm -hmm. really cool opportunities for growth for players like you. And so is this something, when you join the Raptors, I mean, is this on contract 365, like 365 days a year on contract? Like, what what does that look like for you? Um, do you have to work another job while playing for the Raptors? Uh, I don't work another job playing for the Raptors. It's pretty much all, all of my expenses are taken care of. Uh, they provide uh, the team with housing, and we also get supplemented, like, uh, like a grocery card so we have our groceries paid for for the month and and then we have our salary that we get paid on our contract that just we get to save or whatever but yeah so i don't really work another job it's just rugby full-time that's amazing it sounds like the dream yeah (laughs) it's really nice actually considering a lot of mlr guys who play at a very high level and they're talking about how they have to work a eight ten hour day and then go to training in either the morning or at night I mean, that's that's amazing. And then, I mean, is this the way it is for most guys? Or are some guys on a split contract? Or um, or is it mostly all the guys get that kind of contract? No, yeah, it's, that's all the guys. Wow. Uh, that's just, like, what's in our contract. Everyone gets that. Wow. That's amazing. And so you're they, – they said a lot, too, with the Raptors. One of the goals was looking for that crossover athlete. Like – before you guys joined the Super Rugby Americas, a lot of exhibition matches and social yeah. media was all about, like, we're looking for the crossover athlete. Mm. You're a guy who played in high school. You played in college. Are most of the guys crossover athletes? Is it 50-50 rugby guys and former, I don't know, basketball, football, other sports? What What's that breakdown look like? Yeah. Uh, started as, like, this whole started as, like, the Colorado XOs. So that's when they were... <clears throat> going out and looking for these crossover athletes like now that we're the american raptors we like to call ourselves all rugby players so (laughs) 
that's what we're uh, that's what our goal is. We're in this league. We're trying to trying to prove something. But yeah, uh, we have a lot of the guys. Well, there's a few core guys from that that crossover group who stayed, and mm-hmm. uh, but then we brought in like a lot of MLR guys and. Uh, guys from South America. We brought in some guys from South America. So there's a pretty good split uh, of like former crossover athletes and rugby players. Now it's not just all crossovers. Nice. Gotcha. No, I was kind of, I was kind of curious too, um, before we got into crossover athletes, but how long have you been on the American Raptors? Uh, so I graduated last May. It was last May. Okay. Uh, from Iowa central. And then three days later I was out in Denver. I signed the contract and I moved out here. Did you have any interest from MLR teams? Were they trying to grab you? Or um, or was that something, too, where the Raptors were talking to you and just the deal sounded too good that you just bypassed the MLR altogether? <laughs> uh, yeah, so I originally was going to join the, like, enter the MLR draft like uh, a couple of my teammates at Iowa Central did. James mm-hmm. Kihuvinui uh, mm-hmm. got drafted by Seattle. Uh, but... I like I was gonna just come out here for the summer like that's what originally I thought this was just gonna be like a <laughs> summer thing before I enter the draft and then I really like like looked and like sat down and thought about like what what was happening here and what like the opportunity I had and like it's not really prevalent in the MOR from what I've heard so mm-hmm. I, I thought I was pretty lucky to be in the spot I was at directly out of college so I was like I think I'm gonna just keep keep it keep it here. I liked what the coaches were doing, and uh, just kind of fell in love with Denver too. Yeah, I was just gonna say, like, you kind of picked a better location to go. Denver's like one of the coolest places in the entire country. Yeah, and it's super cool. There's such just like a, a really big rugby community here. Oh yeah, mm-hmm. uh, it's like people love it here, yeah. especially with like all the clubs they have here, the Denver Barbarians. I was uh, just gonna, like I was just going to ask if you ever interact with those guys, like the Denver Barbarians, because we know a few people that mm-hmm. play on there, or, you know, or for or, or bleh, um, that were past players on Denver Barbarians, like Piz and a few other mm-hmm. dudes played. Yeah, a couple of guys from Northern Iowa were yeah. out in Denver and they played for the Barbarians. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah I went to a couple of practices. Uh, my roommate, who also was at Iowa Central with me, his name's Gus Sokol, oh, uh, yeah. came out here to play for the Denver Barbarians was doing some seven stuff with them. Uh, so I, I kept, I went to a couple of practices with him, but sevens isn't really my thing anymore. Uh, <laughs> I feel that <laughs> kind of grown out of it. No, no more Iowa high school sevens. <laughs> well, Gus, is he, uh, is he doing the PR sevens thing? Wasn't he making a name for himself in in sevens recently? Yeah. So he's, he's actually out, uh, in San Clemente with the rhinos. Nice. Uh, cool. Yeah. He's doing some cool things out there. It's a pretty nice Academy they have like set up so nice i thought i saw nelson shared like a a clip or a highlight from him just like trucking a guy in sevens (laughs) and he's just like good to see him still running people over (laughs) for sure uh hoping he gets that pr sevens contract soon oh for sure he should yeah you would think so yeah and i was gonna go back and ask you too another thing i noticed you know you brought up uh the makeup of the roster you guys recently signed some guys from South America, and I I follow along on Twitter just to see kind of what people are talking about, and a lot of people were concerned or just wondering, you know, 
The Raptors said they're growing American domestic talent, but then signing South American players. And then there were some people who are like, oh, that's taking away spots from Americans who are developing. Um, how has that been? Like, it, is that something where the team is getting players who are familiar with this play style or raising the level of competition in your club? Uh, what, what kind of, can you, you know, help us understand, like, why those players were brought in because because again people talk on twitter and i feel like none of them know shit so (laughs) i just want to hear from you because you're in the room and you're training with these guys you know how has that been and i mean is that really taking spots away from people or is that raising the play of everybody else uh yeah no i don't think it's it's taking spots away from anybody i think uh i mean these guys are legends down here they're pumas and Mm -hmm. uh they've all like capped players like it's it's really great to be able to like just be around that knowledge uh, and like see that play style and just elevate everyone else on the on the pitch when we're out there. Uh, definitely not like any bad bad feelings about them. Like we're really lucky to have them on our team. Uh, just like help us understand the game a little bit better. And probably Even, like someone playing like from college and high school, like mm-hmm. they just have immense like knowledge that we just don't have so it's it's really great to be able to learn from them and probably too like in between games too when you're in their home country like they probably got to know how to like you know the places to go and what to oh, yeah. what to grab to eat and kind of the fun for things sure. to do right i mean that's got to be nice when yeah. you're when you're on the road for four weeks at a time out of not even the country the continent you know like you're down there for you're you know that's got to be nice yeah i mean also, they speak the language, so <laughs> yeah. there's a little bit of that language barrier down there. Oh, yeah. Uh, so it was nice to have them around for that. Hmm. So on this, uh, over the past four weeks, unless you've been in uh, South America, was any of those, or at least what country do you think was like the most fun to be hanging out in? Uh, I think the whole team's consensus was Paraguay was hmm. our favorite place. Uh, a little bit unexpected. Like I think a lot of the boys were really excited for Argentina. Uh, being in Buenos Aires, but I think Paraguay like snuck in and took that number one spot. <laughs> they had the best food; like it was a, it was a good time. Nice. nice. And you guys had a good match too, because was it Yakari? Wasn't that one of your guys' closest matches? Uh, yeah, that was our last game, and mm-hmm. uh, I mean, unfortunate to end the tour without a win. But there's lots of lots of learnings uh, mm. taken from it. Uh, it's uh, it was a nice like. It's the first first year this league has been a thing. Like it's right. nice to see where everyone's at and get a feel of it before this next like home stint where I'd like to think we have the advantage. Oh yeah. Right. And most of these guys too, I mean, would you say when you play against, you know, Yukari of Paraguay or uh is it Selknum of Chile and yeah. Panarol of Uruguay? I mean, most of those guys, are those their national team players on those clubs? For like the most part, I would say like mm. uh, Penyarol definitely. Uh, that's that Uruguay side. They like besides like the key players who like go over to Europe, like the oh yeah, like the legit legit like. There's a lot of like the countries, especially Chile as well. Uh, mm-hmm. The Argentinian teams are like younger sides. Mm-hmm. Uh, they have it's like their U20 side. I would say uh, split up in the country, and then yeah, Paraguay. Uh, they had a lot of Argentinians on their team, I think, but gotcha. uh, just just crazy, crazy talent down there. 
right? Because that's something, too, we talk about a lot is it's really cool to see pro rugby in the United States. Yeah. MLR is really cool. But, you know, at the end of the day, you don't see, compared to the whole body of the population of, like, who's playing in the MLR, the percentage of guys who actually play for a national team is very low compared to this Super Rugby's Americas where there's a good chunk of guys who are playing on national teams from the other teams. So, like, you're going up against week in and week out a ton of national players yeah. where MLR, it's a much smaller number. And I think, too, that's that's where, you know, you might, being the first year in this league, looking at some of the results, like, Oh man, tough loss, but it's like you're going against top level yeah, talent. And guys have played together for a really long time. Yeah. So. And yeah. so like I just think that really helps. I mean, is that kind of the mindset too? Like, are there guys looking ahead towards like a, a chance to be on the Eagles or what what's that kind of vibe with the team as well? Uh yeah, there's definitely been some some guys on the team who put their hat in the ring. Uh just like with that USA stuff, there's definitely some guys here I think will be Eagles in the future. Uh, our fly half, one of our fly halves, and he plays 15 the last couple games. Lene Latu, he's been in Eagle camps, and he was uh, mm. he was on the Falcons tour with uh, down in Uruguay. Uh, Ethan McVie as well. Mm. Um, but yeah, there's just like there's some. It's a really good opportunity this league, like uh, to see these U.S. qualified players and see what they can do. And like, it hasn't been like a spot for them at other places. So nice, nice fresh look. Yeah, no, definitely. We've we've had a lot of fun watching this and just kind of really, and it's cool too because we only see like you know Chile was like the World Cup qualifying match that we ended up tying in, you know, or like Paraguay. I feel like the only time I ever hear of them is when we have our U twenties team and like it's never streamed. Like yeah. some of these cl- or these countries, I feel like I never hear of them for three years at a time, and now every single week I'm looking at these rosters, getting familiar with some of these names and getting familiar with the names of the Raptors too. It's, it's a really cool opportunity. And, and to be able to see these matches as well has been really cool. Like on a, on a Friday afternoon, I'm sitting at work like, Oh, cool. Can stream a Raptors game. Like that's, that's been awesome. How, how has it been? Like, have you had people reach out to you, like been able to watch it or follow along? How's that been? Uh, yeah, my, uh, my brother's been at home watching the games. It's really cool that it's on ESPN plus like, it was pretty cool. Yeah. Uh, and I, I'm pretty sure, like, I haven't watched any games on ESPN Plus, but I'm pretty sure back in America, it's like English commentary. Mm-hmm. Uh, I don't know if, like, that's pretty cool. Like, they take the Spanish commentary live er, in real time and then switch it to English commentary for the American streams. I thought that's pretty cool. Oh, yeah. Because you never uh, know what you're going to get with ESPN Plus sometimes with, uh, oh, yeah. with quality. <laughs> yeah, so really that's, that's actually huge. <laughs> have they been, have they been decent? Like, I've only watched them um, on. Like our film, I haven't seen like the game broadcast. Have, have been okay. Yeah, no, definitely. Especially again, like having, like I said, ESPN Plus having a stream through them. Most times when I'm at school, I have to have it on mute though. Um, but the quality, like the the visuals, they look good. So yeah. I mean, it's it's like I said, it's awesome to see. And yeah, no, that's cool. And you were saying your uh, brother has been keeping an eye on like your matches and stuff. He plays rugby, doesn't he? Yeah, he actually just uh, transferred over to Iowa Central. He was playing college football his first semester, kind of like I did. Uh, and then he switched over to Iowa Central uh, this this past semester. Really? I was just going to ask him, like, man, is he going to fall in the same footsteps as you or try to, like, go a similar route? But it kind of answers the question already, sort of. <laughs> yeah. Uh, 
talks of trying to get him out here to the Raptors. That'd be pretty cool. Never played with my brother before, so. Whoa. I mean, did he join? Like, how far apart are you guys in age? Uh, he's three years younger than me. Okay. Uh, but he's he's a big kid, and so he doesn't really look his age. So we've always just kind of been around each other. <laughs> gotcha. Did he only play the last couple years or his senior year at in high school? Uh, he played all four years. He was one of the first players that watched to play all four years. Oh, gotcha. Okay. Wow. Yeah. Nice. He's, uh, he was the big prop with the uh, – I think he wore my American flag scrum cap. Uh, <laughs> okay. That makes sense. <laughs> oh, yeah. And, you know, speaking of Cedar Rapids, Washington, I kind of want to go back to the start. So, I mean, again, the Raptors opportunity, like – and this is funny, too. I was talking to you, and I was talking to your high school coach, Patrick Lawson, who we've had on a couple times – and he even called me out, like, <laughs> privately. He's like, dude, why haven't you had Tavius on? He's, like, doing awesome things. And I'm like... How do we... We don't even know how to get a hold of him. <laughs> like, he's too big for us, man. Like, like no, no. of course, like, your story... Like, the reason we have this podcast is we want people in Iowa to know what's going on in Iowa rugby. But also, like, your story is perfect because it's like, you were a kid who played in Cedar Rapids, Washington. You go to Iowa Central. And then now you're playing a very high-level on contract you know we we want to hear that and yeah. we were also talking to patrick too it's like our first few episodes not many people were listening and so as we've kind of been building up here we're like we got to save this until you know more people can hear this story so i want to take it all the way back to the start how did you go out for rugby to begin with uh yeah it was, i first heard about it my sophomore year of college or high school sorry sophomore year of high school but uh it was like a little too late i didn't really know how to join the team like there wasn't a lot of talk about it i just i think i saw a post on instagram or something uh and then my junior year i was like this is something i want to do uh chris caramitros like someone i knew who played oh, so I, yeah. I talked to him about it uh and joined the team from there and like it was the most fun i had playing any sport uh so i just kept playing kept playing it was it was, it was it was fun. <laughs> I was like, Chris Caramitos, I say a familiar name. He's a damn good player too. Yeah, we've played some summer sevens with him, and then we've played against him before too. So yeah, definitely, and coached against him too because he still helps out with Cedar Rapids. And now I always see he's doing like Brazilian Jiu Jitsu uh, submission or yeah, submission right fighting. And yeah, yeah, I think he's got a fight here coming up soon. Yeah, it's this weekend, I think, actually. Yeah, nice. That's awesome. Yeah. yeah, and so what was what were some of your like top moments in high school rugby? Like how did you guys do as a team? Do you have any individual awards? Like what what did your career look like for everyone listening? Yeah. Uh first game first game I played in rugby, I think I got a red card for <laughs> it was it was actually first weekend, second match. Uh, I got a red card for like pushing a kid while he's down. Uh and so I like had to sit out that next game. Uh, <laughs> but I didn't really know what I was doing out there when it first started. Like I'm sure like, a lot of the kids in Iowa feel are just mm. starting out playing rugby, but it's just like you're doing something that you don't really get to do with other sports. And uh, and it was just a great time. It was you felt really close with the team while you're out there. It was just it felt like you were part of a cool guy club almost. It was, it was fun. <laughs> yeah, just. Definitely different from all the other sports, and just with no pads, you're just out. it's just you and yeah. six other guys, and just that free flowing, just running rugby. You know, so much space to get out there, and I know a lot yeah, of guys who like, sevens. yeah, like a lot of guys who play 
rugby come from like football they never get to touch the ball and then in this sport it's like we Everybody all touches we it. all get to touch it so <laughs> we all get to run and score <laughs> what so that was definitely the appeal at the start oh yeah 100 yeah, <laughs> uh and so was that something too that uh patrick lawson i mean did he help kind of get you in or was it just chris caramitros or what how did patrick kind of help you through there too what was that like your relationship with him yeah Cavs is like whenever I think about rugby I can't think about it without Cavs like he helped me like just get started on this journey he was like one of the first guys when I started playing like just who like told me like what I could do in this sport and at the time like you didn't really see anything about it so you didn't really know but yeah Cavs is like really big influential part of my rugby career got me into the sport and has just always kept in contact with me as I've progressed and uh, it's, it's what I feel is a little different about rugby just that community uh, that is formed and uh, yeah shout out Cavs so why do you call him Cavs exactly have you seen them have you seen his legs <laughs> I mean I feel like I mean yeah I've played against Pac quite a few times I feel like I've seen him so he just has massive like, caps. Like, yeah, it's like there's bricks in there or something. It's so it's so weird. There's like a picture on his Instagram. If you like stalk him, scroll back far enough, it's it's pretty. It's like there's literal bricks in his cap. It's weird. Phil's pulling his phone out now because <laughs> I was gonna say, I'm gonna Phil, this up right now. Phil being a muscle turkey meathead yeah. is like, wait, he's got better calves than me. Like that don't, that, that don't take much though. So I'm gonna have to ask Pat what his uh, calf routine is then. <laughs> Wasn't he just like born with them? Didn't he? Does he really work on them or? Uh, I think I think I see him on Snapchat and those calf raises in the CrossFit gym. He does have big caps. <laughs> <laughs> Photo found. It is confirmed. Phil, Phil agrees. And also, too, <laughs> fun fact, uh, you want to give him a shout-out? We're releasing this episode. Today's his birthday. Is it actually? Yeah, uh, March 20th. Like, now I kind of feel like uh, I didn't shoot him a text, so I'll have to shoot him a text. I kind of feel bad for that. Hey, no, you're good because, because in real time it's tomorrow. <laughs> so you're good. Just text him tomorrow morning. Oh yeah, perfect, perfect. I'll cut. I'll cut this part out. He'll never know. Yeah, good. Happy birthday, Cavs. Oh, so going from you know Cedar Rapids, Washington, uh, successful high school career. Basically, I think one of the big things too that I really like hearing from you, and like for hopefully other kids that hear this, you know, you're a guy playing high performance right now. You started just like everybody else, clueless, but having the time of your life. You get a red card right away because you're getting too physical. I mean, I feel like that's such a common start for people. Like, kind of like a, a puppy that's like so excited and jumps all over the place, and you got to be like, yeah. chill. But you fell in love with it. You had the athletic ability. Then you go on to Iowa Central. How? What was that process like? When did you know you were going to play rugby in college? Yeah, uh, Nelson is. He, as I'm sure you know, he's one heck of a recruiter he got started on it pretty oh, yeah. early like as soon as i started uh <laughs> my junior year he like was at one of the games on, on my it was before i even knew him but i posted it on my instagram and you just see him lurking in the background <laughs> in one of the pictures and I, <laughs> I went back and saw that like when i was at i was central and i was like no way like <laughs> how is he in this picture uh he's always yeah. been there <laughs> so he was like yeah he was we stayed in contact throughout like my high school career I uh, took a visit to Iowa Central and like after I like I thought football was going to be what I wanted to do 
I mm-hmm. went to Missouri Southern and played some D2 football down there and I just really like was like I'm missing rugby so I I messaged Nelson and I was like I know we talked about opportunities of me like having a scholarship to play there is that still like on the table mm-hmm. and he was like yeah like you can come back so I just transferred after my first semester and the rest was history I mean we had that COVID weird like year where mm-hmm. got sent home early so uh, kind of like gave me a little time to get in better shape from football that got me really heavy so <laughs> yeah. that, that was real nice uh, and then came back uh, and that's when my the team's career start, like started nice this literally sounds like just how you're explaining how your brother started off playing college football and now he's going out of central it's like the exact same yeah. thing <laughs> Weird. yeah <laughs> That's awesome. And so what were some of the highlights of being at Iowa Central? Like if if a kid was listening, you know, why would you recommend Iowa Central or what could they benefit from by going to Iowa Central? What will they gain? Yeah. Uh, first of all, like my time at Iowa Central has been nothing without like the guys I met on the team there. Mm-hmm. Like they best friends, like you got guys like Chuck, who I know you guys know. Uh, Oh yeah, oh, yeah. Uh, Ladon, like my room, all my roommates, all the guys there, like Gus, James, Ladon, Rakao, like it was just like nothing without them. And then on the rugby aspect of it, like it's just you have an opportunity to play like high level college rugby, uh, and like just get those skills up that you like wouldn't really have an opportunity to get elsewhere. I know there's a lot of like. Uh, colleges that are like up and coming now uh, but like at the time I felt like Iowa Central like was the place to be mm-hmm. uh, to learn in Iowa at least yeah no I mean couldn't say it better like, Iowa Central is definitely still a huge powerhouse in Iowa and I mean I feel like anybody that wants to play rugby there is going to definitely benefit from it and the high yeah. level experience and then yeah. again you're, you're playing with some of the not even the best guys in Iowa but best guys in the country yeah. and then also you have so many players come from overseas too. I mean, what a what a great experience. Do you keep in touch with any of those guys you played with in Iowa Central and kind of watch what they're doing with their rugby careers at all? Yeah, every day. I'm talking to them every day. <laughs> nice. Uh, always, always like trying to support the boys and everything they do, and uh, obviously talking about wanting to play play again together. So mm-hmm. try and work that out in the future, but. Yeah, I mean, just the community you build there is insane. And, uh, like, for guys, like, who don't really have, like, a chance to get their name out to the high-level colleges, like, like, Linden Woods, the Lives, mm-hmm. St. Mary's, like, on the West Coast, like, especially being from the Midwest, like, it provides opportunities to, to like, play those schools, uh, which is a really cool experience. Yeah, the, the lack of varsity programs in the Midwest is just – insane and that i mean there's more and more popping up but still they're so far away from iowa so to have a two-year school in iowa that can offer that opportunity and then that's something nelson always said too like four-year colleges aren't for everybody and so not only kids in iowa but just kids in general who are like a four-year university doesn't make sense besides rugby you know i I think iowa central offers one of the most unique but also positive uh, experiences you can get in the rugby collegiate world and and I think too they you know when you look at other countries and how they develop rugby players and kind of their academies you know it's so much different than 
you how know, we do in the states. Yeah, yeah. The United States yeah. wants to be like college football, which for some places it's you're kind of behind the ball a little bit with their mm-hmm. development and continuity. And so yeah, really cool to see what Nelson is doing over there with those guys. And yeah, and then it helped lead you to the Raptors. Um, no, this it's just like I said, it's awesome to see your career from you know high school in Iowa, go to Iowa Central. You go out to Denver and you think it's just going to be for the summer, have some fun, and now you're playing on contract for yeah. a high-performance team, playing with and against capped international players. I mean, it's just... It's wild. Because, <laughs> yeah, how old are you? Uh, I just turned 22. Yeah, super that's, young. that's awesome. I'm 33 and I've done none of these things. <laughs> no. like, it's so cool, man. Like, yeah. you, you've seen the world already and you just have so much in front of you so it's yeah. just really cool to hear this story and like the cool thing is like you're you're just getting started man so yeah. what are what are some of the goals you have you know coming up the next year next three years five years ten years um what are your rugby goals uh yeah there's there's the big one i obviously want to be capped usa player mm-hmm. uh just like i think that would be uh really high uh, honor represent your country play at the highest level you can uh and then i just want to keep traveling i think i think that's like a big priority for me and i think rugby is providing that amazing opportunity for me so like i think just being able to keep traveling that's one of my goals and uh get a win this season get some wins (laughs) under the belt (laughs) oh yeah so you got the bye Uh, week this week right and then the the team at the top of the table is coming to the United States, the Dagos from Argentina. Yeah, yeah. yeah. That'll be... a, that's going to be a good one. Oh I yeah, think it's just gonna, I think it's going to be snowing this Friday here, so hopefully they're just not. I was just going to say that might that. say that might help you guys. <laughs> Maybe yeah. that's why they had you guys on the road early yeah, because the, the weather. The yeah. weather they didn't yeah. want to play in the snow. <laughs> Probably. Good luck with that. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's awesome. But yeah, it. Any other things uh, that you're looking forward to uh, in the near future for rugby? Uh, I was just talking to Kaz about this recently. I wanna, I wanna come play like a men's club in Iowa sometime. Like I've never had the opportunity to do that, and that's just something I feel like I've been missing out on. Well, oh, hey, so we, you know, if you're ever in West Des Moines, <laughs> and you were saying I was gonna, I was actually gonna jokingly say this earlier, where you were like, "Hey, we're trying to get all the Iowa Central boys to play together again." I mean, if you want to hop in for, for a single friendly, um, you guys are more than welcome to be honorary wombats. Yeah, I was just going to say, with us, not against us. Yeah. <laughs> I think I think Cavs would uh, lose his mind if I played for anyone besides the Headhunters first. <laughs> but that was, that's why I didn't make it so great, though. <laughs> <laughs> I think, like, any Iowa team, if, like, yeah. you came, okay. or if, like, you and a bunch of buddies came back and it's like, Here's all these high-performance guys coming down to a D3 social right. senior We're going to have to split you guys up. <laughs> <laughs> no, it, I think it is It is a very fun experience, it but is. it is also, too, just a, the cardio level is uh, is much different. But you would yep. you would have a lot of fun, definitely, because <laughs> you'd be running laps around people. <laughs> right. This elevation is no joke up here. I feel like once I come back to Iowa, I'll be good. Oh. But when I'm up here, I'm, I'm huffing and puffing. Dude, just I, like everyone else. <laughs> I didn't even think about the elevation. That could actually affect a lot of the teams that come and play you guys, too. Huh. Yeah, yeah, that's what I was saying. Like, I hope we get a little bit of home field advantage just with the elevation and the, the weather alone. Yeah. I will say, so when 
when we were with the Bremer County Bucks in 2017, we played in the national championship in Glendale at Infinity Park. And that was no joke. And especially as a guy with poor cardio already, <laughs> like it was like we we did do a very like hard practice session like the two days before because it was like, hey, we got to get ready for this. And I just remember like in warmups, I was already like huffing and puffing like, holy shit. Like <laughs> you're, you're right. It is no joke. But the fact that you train in it all the time, it's going to be. That's probably huge. Yeah, I was gonna say it'll be beneficial. I feel like. Yeah. Yeah, I uh, I remember the first bronco I ran up here. It was it was not fun. <laughs> <laughs> oh. Every time somebody brings up a bronco, I'm just like, ugh, gross, disgusting. <laughs> but that's why yeah, whenever, you get paid the big I, bucks. <laughs> whenever I have to run a bronco, I feel like I have to pee beforehand. I get like so nervous. <laughs> <laughs> it doesn't matter. Like if I just peed, like I feel like I have to pee whenever I have to run a bronco. You heard it here first. Nobody likes a Bronco. Yeah. No. Actually, that's not the first time anyone said that. Yeah, that's true. Too. Everyone says that. <laughs> Everyone says that. Awesome. Well, Tavius, we really appreciate yeah, you for coming man. on, man. And uh, we wish you nothing but luck the rest of this season. And, and we will always be following the Raptors. And we'll be keeping an eye on what you do and kind of the moves you make. And we'll be rooting for you along the way and yeah. hoping to see your name in, in the Eagles pool and, and moving up the ranks that way, man. Because... Definitely between, you know, your work, your work rate, your work ethic, and, and just kind of the, the natural size and skills you have and experiences you're going through now, uh, sky's the limit, man, and, yeah. and we'll be rooting for you. And, again, we appreciate for coming on and sharing your story, and we'd love to check back in with you maybe at the end of the Super America season just to kind of see how things are going. No, yeah, I'd love that. I appreciate you guys having me on here. Uh, it was nice to meet you guys. Yeah, and again, if you're ever in West Des Moines and you want to play a match, we're we're always here, man. Yeah, we're at least having a beer or something. Those Walmart jerseys are pretty sick. That's a nice logo. Oh, thanks. Everybody loves the Pally's logo. (laughs) All right, well, hey, you have a good one, man. Thanks. You too. It's only a kick. A jump. A block. It's only a serve. It's only a tackle. A run. It's only for the fans. After all, it's only pressure. You got this. Adidas. And that was Tavius. It was a really cool opportunity to get to talk to him. Really excited what he's doing with the American Raptors and look forward to seeing, you know, his future endeavors and, you know, seeing how he plays with the Raptors and everything else. It's, that was awesome. That was yeah. fun. It is crazy, too, to think of, like, we're hyping him up and going through all this stuff. Like, dude, you've done so much. And it's like, you're 22. I know. It's wild. Like, you've done so much, but you have so much farther to go. Like, yeah. sky's the limit. And, like, again, that's no bull sugar. That's, like, just, like, I feel like we have people on and, and we get really, really excited talking to people. And it might come off as, like, oh, we're hyping him up because they're on the show. But it's, like, you look at what he's accomplished. You look at his skills, his size. And, and you watch him play that work rate. I mean, again, like if, if you've watched him play, you know mm-hmm. the sky's the limit for this yeah. kid. And, and you're going to hear his name a lot. Yeah, I really hope we see him in that USA Eagles jersey. Yeah. Real soon. Yeah. No, definitely. And and he's been selected for – because wasn't it one of our first episodes we we – read his name because he was playing for one of the, the U23 deals, year 23 yep. Yep. Eagles developmental teams and they yeah. played over in mm, was it in was Ireland it? or 
It might have been that Highlander. Was was it? Yeah, I'm trying to remember. I remember that, but I'm just I can't think of where it was at. But he played for the yeah. U23 yeah. Eagles squad, so definitely he's in that that conversation. So exactly. Keep an eye on Tavius. Remember that name. You're going to hear it again, and hopefully we have him on again sometime soon. And yeah. keep checking in with him, and it'll be awesome. And then when the World Cup comes around, you know, we'll see him play in person. I mean, there's still a pretty good chance of that. I mean, he'd only be 30. Yeah. Yeah. No, that'd be awesome. And and kind of moving on, we check in with the University of Iowa men's program. They have a golf outing coming up through the Rugby Collective. So the president of the University of Iowa, Connor Hutchison, is going to join us right here. Let's do it. You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with the fall guy. Let's do it later. Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes. Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall guy. Fall guy. Fall guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Because nope. I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read it PG-13. All right, and now we are joined by Connor Hutchison of the University of Iowa men's rugby program. He is a junior at the University of Iowa, and he is also the president of the University of Iowa men's rugby team. Connor, how are you doing today? Hey, Ryan. Great. Thanks for having me on. Yeah, no, glad to have you, and really excited to hear about this new uh, rugby collective golf event that you guys have going on. So can you kind of explain what that is, like what the event is first? Yeah, so uh, a couple months ago, uh, our team sat down and, and we decided that um, we'd really like to gather a lot, as many alumni as possible uh, and as many supporters from around Iowa City and um, and around the community in general. Uh, so we decided a golf tournament would probably be the best way to do that. Uh, everyone on our team loves golfing, and we know our alumni are also big golfers as well. So uh, we decided to go with Finkbine Golf Course. Um, they're good friends of ours, good supporters of the club, and um, we're going to go with them on May 13th, have a fun golf outing, bring as many alumni as possible, um, and hopefully generate some, some good revenue for the club. Definitely. And so how can people sign up for this event? Yeah, so you can go to Iowa Rugby Collective Golf Fundraiser.eventlify.com. Um, and we have a whole page set up there through Eventlify, which is a awesome software if you haven't heard of it. Um, co-founded by Brian Gazi uh, out of Chicago. He is a, he's a great mentor and a great uh, friend of ours who has helped us create the golf tournament um, using his software. So um, definitely go check that out. And it's, it's easy, to, easy to use and easy to see there. Nice. And is there an opportunity for like businesses or people to sponsor a whole? What does that look like? Is that something you guys are doing? 100%. Um, Along with growing our alumni base, uh, our other goal is to is to improve community relations uh, and, and improve supporter relations with local community or local businesses and local organizations. So, on that uh, Eventify webpage, you can actually go down to the event package section, um, and we have multiple different sponsor packages ranging from three hundred dollars to uh, we're also looking for title sponsors at thirty five hundred dollars a piece. Um, so. Yeah, there's, and there's details in each of those packages, um, explaining marketing details as well as um, what you get for the golf tournament. So Nice. And so is this one of the, the first projects you've kind of helped lead since you've become president? Or is just 
this just the first one I've heard of or what, how many projects have you kind of started or is this kind of like a big one for you? Uh, this is certainly, this is certainly up there in the, uh, uh, in the most time consuming and, and bigger <laughs> projects. Uh, but we have, we've done a lot recently. Uh, I took over in, uh, the end of last spring. Um, yeah. and over the summer we did do a lot, uh, reaching out to the community and, um, and getting partnerships and, and getting supporters throughout our community. Um, so a lot of this is not new to a lot of the guys on the board. Uh, we've been doing this for about a year now. Um, trying to generate fundraising. So, um, this is, it's just another, um, item on our list and it's obviously golf is a fun, <laughs> a fun tournament to do. So we're excited for it and we hope to get as many people as possible out. Oh yeah. No guys love coming out to golf. Like people are going to be golfing anyways. So it's nice to get some old boys back who maybe can't run around on the pitch, but they're always down to, you know, play some golf, have some beers and kind of share some stories. So always good to be out on the golf course. And is this something you guys are also looking to do, you know, year after year, make this kind of an annual event? Yeah, absolutely. Um, we all, we have a, a, a really solid core of alumni who are, um, we're also heading up or, or uh, co-helping us with the tournament. Um, and our goal here is to make sure that we can get this this kind of first year set and get everything we want um, for the day and for the tournament set um, and then have this an annual as an annual event. So um, you'll see that in our title. It's the first annual because we hope next year to, it'll be the second annual. So nice. um, hopefully this is a big revenue generating uh, event for the club for years to come. Nice. And what other things do you have going on with Iowa right now, whether it's rugby related or fundraising or sponsors or just recruiting? What What's happening over there in Iowa City as you kind of get spring season getting started? Yeah, uh, there's a lot of exciting stuff. We um, we have a fun spring season. Um, we are, we're going to be starting in Chicago here uh, in three weeks, I believe, or two weeks, sorry. Um, we're going to be playing the, an opener, a curtain raiser for the Chicago Hounds MLR game nice. um, against the University of Illinois. So that'll be our start. Uh, we have a few other matches throughout the spring, um, kind of out of conference matches to just uh, keep our feet or keep our keep everyone strong, keep everyone uh, healthy, and uh, roll into the summer strong. Um, and obviously, gearing up for the fall is kind of when our big our big uh, season and, and big time comes. So. Oh yeah, definitely. Yeah. That fall season so important. And you guys are in probably one of the most difficult D one double A conferences out there. I mean, you know, Kansas was in the national championship last year and then you have, you know, teams like Minnesota and Iowa state, you know, really doing a good job too. So you guys definitely, uh, your numbers look like year in and year out, you guys have solid numbers and, you know, continuing to grow, you know, that player pool and, you know, working with Tyler Daly and getting that strategy and everything locked down, um, you know, can lead to some good things in the fall for you. And, you know, having the support of sponsors, alumni, and then events like this, where, you know, it takes that stress off of the players is huge. And then it also allows you guys to do more things that can attract, you know, more players, higher quality players, or just, you know, really get people to buy in. So I think, yeah, it sounds like you guys have an awesome spring and, and a really cool fundraising opportunity coming ahead. And so can you remind everyone again, just the, the main details that if they want to find this tournament or this golf outing and they want to sponsor or sign up for it again, can you give us how to do that again? Yeah, so all you have to do is visit iowa-rugby-collective-golf-fundraiser.eventlify.com um, and that'll take that link will take you straight to our webpage. 
uh, where you will see all the different tabs for information about the event, ways to donate, uh, schedule of the day, uh, sponsor package options, and a contact page in case you have any questions about the event. So it's all in one place. It's easy to use. uh, So go ahead and check it out. Fantastic. Well, awesome. Well, thank you for sharing that, man. And we definitely will post the link in the episode description to try to make it easy for people. And we will kind of keep our eye on this and try to send some people your way. And hopefully you guys have a really good outing, make some money and good luck this spring season, man. Great. Thank you, Ryan. And hey, if uh, if you're into buying a hole, let me know. Oh yeah, no, we'll definitely, I gotta, I gotta talk to Phil and, uh, no, definitely we are interested. So yeah, no, awesome, man. Thank you very much. And you have a good one. Thank you. All right. And that was Connor from the university of Iowa Hawkeyes men's rugby club, the president, cool things going on over there. Sounds like, you know, he's got some things on the field and off the field planned you know getting that alumni support a lot of dudes love golfing good way to get the old boys back with the the guys on the current squad earn some money for the club and build good relationships in the community it's a win-win win 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 yeah no that's i like that a lot it's a great idea getting your alumni involved is obviously huge for your club and golf outings are great it's so much fun i would love to do another like we used to do one at you and i like briefly or at least some guys would on fridays before alumni weekend but i suck at golf i do too i'm not a fan i like hanging out though so see meet me in the clubhouse or i'll just let me drive around the cart you know i'll get sunburned (laughs) meet me in the clubhouse (laughs) uh also too you know you want to sponsor a hole he did ask because mm. he said, boys. would be interested. Let's talk off the air. We, we'll talk off the air. We'll talk it, turkey yeah. off the air. Talk it's rude to talk money in front of guests. That's true. It's just us, but... <laughs> it's an excuse to not talk about money right now, though. <laughs> I would talk about it if I had any. Yeah, that too. If you want to sponsor the show or donate... <laughs> <laughs> Shameless plug. Yeah, find us on uh, Venmo. Mm. At Ryan Gray. Uh, no, I'm just kidding. <laughs> no, I'm not. All right, let's go to Six Nations. Yeah. Round five, complete. The uh, tournament is over. We have a champion. In the first match, Scotland downed Italy 26-14. As expected. Next match, France defeats Wales 41-28. Beat down. Yep. And then, Ireland completes the Grand Slam. 5-0. 29-16, they defeat England. Yeah, again, not surprising at all. Do you see early in the match the there was a card that was given that was pretty people were pretty pissed off about where guy from Ireland was running, they throw him the ball, he knocks it on, and the England guy is trying to turn his body and get out of the way, and it looks like he throws his whole body at the Ireland guy, but the Ireland guy changed his direction because he was trying to pick up the knocked on ball, mm-hmm. and the England guy was trying not to tackle him. But because he turned his hip sideways, it looked like he just like body checked him. Yeah. They carded him. And people are like, whoa. You realize that wouldn't have happened if the Ireland guy would have just caught the ball. Yeah. And number two, like he was trying to avoid him and it just accidentally happened. It's a collision sport. Mm. I've seen a lot of people really hard on officials in rugby lately. Uh, I've seen it in MLR too where people are like, oh, yeah. 100%. It's a bogus call. Like we need to do better, blah, blah, blah. I did see someone respond like, and. You know, our coach, the Wombats Ridgeway, said, too, like, referees expect you to play the game by the laws, 
and they're there to keep everyone safe and create a good platform for good rugby to be played. If you're not playing in a legal style, they're not going to call it. But there are some calls we see that are just like, the way people interpret the law is just different. Yeah. And maybe that's something, too, world rugby needs to figure out where, I don't know if you need more clear definitions, because just so many people disagree on, on some of these contact penalties where... Or make it somewhat reviewable, at least. Ah, that slows the game down. That's boring. How are you going to review stuff in club rugby? No, I'm not. I'm talking about like international, but I know. Yeah, club rugby, obviously, no, you can't. That's not possible. But yeah, so it kind of sucks that that happened. You know, as they're going for the grand slam, England's trying to, you know, do what they can do in this match. A potential upset. Yeah, yeah. and, and like that happened early in the game, and then people aren't talking really about the game. They're talking about the penalty mm-hmm. and then other people are talking about lack of penalties or too many penalties and it's like ugh, we focus more on the penalties than we do the actual game you mm. talk to anyone in any rugby match and it's like oh how was the game ugh, a lot of penalties it's like well maybe play the game the correct way <laughs> yeah <laughs> and and i don't know too like you can disagree with the referee that's fine but you can yeah i mean and there are going to be some calls that are that yeah. you're going to disagree with, but that is also part of the game. Right. Yeah, it's just, it's tough. It's tough. I'm just saying it stinks that that kind of had a little cloud over it. But people are pumped. Ireland, really good. Yeah, clearly. France, <laughs> they are finishing in second at 4-1. and one. Scotland, third at 3-2. and two. England at fourth at 2-3. and three. Wales, fifth at 1-4. and four. Italy, sixth at 0-5. Oh mm-hmm. So a really clean table there where everybody has a different record. Yep. No crossover, anything like that. Pretty clear. Ireland, congratulations, Grand Slam yeah. champs. Nice. Then up next, we have uh, the USA Rugby Hawks. The U.S. Hawks. They lose to Argentina's U-2015 side, 45-34. Starting to close the gap a little bit there, though. Right, but that wasn't a Super Rugby America's team. That's true. It was just a U-20 team. But also, the Hawks are a developmental team. Mm-hmm. I mean, there are some guys that are not older, but I mean, there are some guys in their mid-late 20s. But Argentina, obviously, that's a, it's a powerhouse, powerhouse yeah. of the country. Yeah. Their U-20 side, I expect them to be pretty good. What, does this guy play for Thomas More <laughs> from Argentina? <laughs> probably. Pro- actually, probably. <laughs> uh, there probably are a lot of guys who are like, oh, yeah, no, I'm going to... Thomas Moore, Principia, or whatever, yeah. whatever. But no, so Hawks closing the gap, seeing some cool things from them. Uh, yeah, definitely, definitely getting better there. Yeah, thirty-four points. That's cool to see they put up yeah, that many points. To, yeah, get their yeah. offense moving. Lock down that defense a little bit, and uh, we'll be cooking. So some some good stuff. Then the American Raptors, like we talked with Tavius. So the American Raptors were off this past weekend. They are sitting at zero and four. But they've been improving week after week mm-hmm. after week. And like Tavius said, everybody's going to have to start coming to the United States, specifically Denver, Col- Glendale, Colorado, yeah. outside of Denver, right? So it's going to be chilly. Those are South American teams. Uh, they're going to have to play in the snow. And elevation. Elevation, yeah. yeah. Like, but, there's going to be some factors that, you know, they're but, probably not really account well. Don't they? Oh, they're not. pro teams. I mean, essentially, like they're probably accounting for some of the conditions. And they're international international players. I yeah, mean, they're probably in pretty good shape. <laughs> yeah, uh, the Doggos are who they play next, 
And the doggos are the they're sitting at the top right now, aren't they? Top of the table, yep. So should be good. Really interested to see that. But Argentina, don't they have mountains? I think so. Yeah. Maybe. Yeah. I doubt they have them running up the mountain though. Or maybe they do. Who knows? <laughs> I mean, wouldn't put it past anybody. I don't know. All right. So now we're going to get into our MLR recap. First match, Utah Warriors hosted. No. Utah Warriors went to NOLA. I, I always feel like yeah, they backwards. flipped around. Yeah. Yeah. So Fair. NOLA hosted Utah. NOLA with a huge win. They came yeah. out. And we're shutting out Utah for the longest time. They win 37 to 14. Dude, two weeks in a row, they were just putting a beat down. Like, what is going on? Like, they just completely look re energized playing yeah. at home. Things are clicking. Love it. We both picked Utah, right? right we did, yeah. Well, and, that, and I feel like, too, after watching them beat New York, and I was like, I don't want to overreact and just yeah, immediately same. jump ship because that's gotten me in trouble a lot with these pickums. Same. But now it's like I feel like we don't have a choice. Mm-hmm. I think we're both picking Nola. I don't even know who they play. It's like <laughs> yeah. they're they're my favorite again because they're just awesome. So Nola with a big win over Utah. Then Atlanta hosted San Diego Legion. San Diego defeats Atlanta 35-10. I had San Diego. I had Atlanta. So I'm one and one. You're 0 and two. Pain. The next one. <laughs> we got this one. The Chicago Hounds hosted the Dallas Jackals. They get their first victory ever. Yeah. And I'm talking about Chicago. Yep. You think about that too. Both those teams were winless. Yeah. So one of them had to come on top, obviously. Well, unless they tied. Yeah. Oh, God. Yeah. Right. That's a good point. But no, the Hounds, they end up winning 24-22. Kick at the end. Kick at the end. Yeah, that was cool. Amazing. Very cold match. Did you know that was supposed to be a bring oh, your dog? Bring your dog day. Yeah. They had to cancel because the, or cancel the bring your dog day just because of the weather, which was, that was a good move on their part. Yeah, keep your dog safe. Yeah. It's like a wind chill of 19 degrees. Yeah. It's like, obviously everybody else is wearing layers and you could get stuff for your dog but it's like i don't know not everybody's got coats for their dog and not everyone's the best dog owner so that too good job i mean it was a cool event just sucks that it was so cold and you never know in march shoot what I if mean, they rescheduled the dog day to the nola match that'd be cool but do you know why they did the dog day against the jackals the dogs yeah. yeah i get that but that'd be funny if they you're gonna that. bring your dog to chicago <laughs> maybe maybe or do they allow blue healers on the charter bus <laughs> probably not they're nipping right <laughs> The next one, Old Glory hosted Toronto. Old Glory wins 29-3. Man, I think I picked Toronto, too. You did. I picked uh, Old Glory. Man. So at this point, I'm 3-1, and one and you're 1-3. One one yeah, painful. <laughs> Old Glory looking better, too. And Toronto, yeah. Toronto, after they beat Chicago, they look to be back on par with their struggling. Yeah. And then the last match, New York Ironworkers hosted New England Free Jacks. Uh, Free Jacks win 33-18. Mm. I had the Iron Workers. Uh, the Free Jacks. And so that means I win this week. I was 3-2 and two and you were 2-3. and three. Mm. Damn. Uh, the one time I, we both have differing opinions and it's me on the losing end. Of course. Was, and it was pretty split too. I mean, NOLA looks to be vastly improved. New York looks to be slipping down. Yeah. Like, it's weird, too, because they looked solid to start the year. Things are kind of slipping. just so, I don't know, like, things, like, we spoke about a few weeks ago where it's like, ah, it's, it kind of seems like we kind of have that rhythm. We, you know, it seems obvious who's going to win, who's going to lose type deal. But now, I feel like as the weeks have been going by, 
it's starting to get a little hazy on mm-hmm. like how the matches are going to go. Like sometimes they seem so clear cut, and then yeah, all of a sudden you have Nola beating the shit out of New York last week, and like and then know, beating just, Utah. Yeah, like it's just beat them senseless. Yeah, yeah. I just I don't I don't get it. I it makes I'm, it tough for predictions. So it's just like it's kind of like the same thing with NFL parlays, where it's like ah, oh, you know, you think this looks good, and then it's like. Pfft. You only land like half of them. But remember, all these guys are really good too. Yeah. Like that's that's I think a thing that like it's easy to forget that like all of these guys are top level rugby players. Yeah. And so when they're playing against each other, you know, they you know it's not like they're just chumps. Like yeah. all of them want to win, all of them want to keep moving up the ranks. Yeah, a lot of, you know, high caliber athletes and in maybe some matches, you know, you have like one or two like mistakes it could you know completely shift momentum in the match or you know be the deciding factor for them oh yeah for sure and some interesting notes here from these games as well so when it was let's see here let me see toronto played against or no yeah toronto played against old glory and fabian goodall was actually wearing no number against Old Glory because the Toronto Arrows didn't have a backs jersey big enough to fit him. Jesus. And then Ramon Ayarza will also be in number 17 as a starter. So because like they get their jerseys from Paladin and Paladin's sizing is making like things difficult because like the way they size their jerseys and like you know I feel like every rugby company their sizes don't match other companies because like you want them skin tight and and people's proportions are just kind of like an XL. how big of a deal is it though to have to have to have a specific number though out on the pitch during a match realistically well you only have 23 guys so you have to use all 20 you know what i mean i know i understand and like you know you typically like like when you have guys coming off the bench like 16 is typically like your hooker and stuff and you know like 19 or something like that it's usually like a backline guy like a wing or whatever but like you couldn't have squeezed one of those on him and well what they're saying is one of the starters they did do that yeah one of the starters had to wear 17 which means someone on the bench had to wear whatever number he originally had yeah i just don't necessarily see why it's a would be a big deal at the same time it's just the standard for rugby i mean i mean your starters i mean i think that's something that's nice about our sport is like you know, it is a team aspect, and people are like, I know the starting hooker is always going to be number two. Yeah. And then if you have to be like, oh, this wing is so big, he has to wear number 17. It's weird to start a game and number 17's already in. And I think that's from like, I don't know, from a logistics standpoint. But mm. what I'm trying to get at is it just, it's a bad look for the league. Um, they're talking about maybe a solution for this, but like, I don't know. It's, mm. it's kind of goofy. But kind of, it's just interesting. Like, literally, they had a guy running around the field with no jer- or no number on his back. You know? Yeah. It's weird. That is that is a little weird. If I can you, see that. But. If you're watching an NFL game, right, and a player came out, backup quarterback comes out, and it's like, oh, uh, shoot, um, here's a jersey with no number on it. Mm. That wouldn't, that would never happen. I think that was kind of the point yeah, they were getting at there. I guess, yeah. Yeah. Well, maybe that solution could get solved at some point if... Vanlar ends up, you know, securing that $100 million. Do you see that whole deal? Yeah, but I think they want to use that on player development. Okay. And ID camps and, and stuff like that. 
instead of screen, <laughs> screen printing jerseys. Yeah. yeah. Uh, another thing too, the Miami Sharks Rugby Club. You know they're brand new. They're mm. coming in 2024. Yeah. They were at the game in Chicago, so they're buddies with the Chicago Hounds, and they were there on the field, kind of learning how they do things huh. and they'll take it back to Miami. So yeah. again, the Miami Sharks, if you don't follow their social media, their logo, their colors, everything there is awesome. So, yeah, I'm excited for that. I'm definitely getting a shirt once they have apparel. Oh, 100%. That's the thing, like, Chicago Hounds, they're my team. Ah, it's just boring now that I see the Sharks. I'm like, uh, <laughs> you know. The next piece of information, this one was huge. I know you were all over this one. Uh. Chicago Hounds at SeatGeek Stadium to host the 2023 Major League Rugby Championship match. There will be an all-day block party festival leading up to the match. So, the championship will be at Chicago. That's something the Major League Rugby has wanted to do, where they just pick a neutral location, kind of like the NFL. Before they were doing, like, a certain team got to host it based on availability, which is just wild. Um, Welcome to Dogtown. Look at that. So basically they said Major League Rugby's championship game will be Saturday, July 8th at SeatGeek Stadium in Bridgeview, Illinois, MLR announced Thursday. Moving the championship match to a predetermined venue has long been a goal of Major League Rugby, MLR CEO Nick Benson said in release. As the league continues to show an exponential pattern of growth, we believe this is the perfect time to plan an entire weekend of fun rugby and fan events around our showcase game. Chicago's rich history of hosting large-scale rugby events combined with a great facility in SeatGeek Stadium makes for the perfect place to celebrate and honor our athletes and fans. There will be an all-day block party festival leading up to the match, which will kick off at 2 p.m. The match will be televised on Fox. Oh, damn. Yeah, so it's going to be awesome. Like they said, the rugby weekend used to be something that was, you know, with New Zealand or those other countries that came to town. Look at this. I found a flyer <clears throat> from oh, the original Reggie's. Yeah. yeah, Reggie's the original <laughs> original rugby weekend, you know, back in November 3rd, 2018, the triple header. Ireland played Italy, USA played the Black Ferns, and then USA played the Maori All Blacks. So we had a women's game, a men's game, and then Ireland and Italy played, and then we also had like all of these like posters for like check out all these other events going mm-hmm. on mlr saw that and was like we want to recreate that yeah. so that's definitely something you know the wombats we're heading over there april 23rd i think we should go july, july 8th, 8th too yeah Did the weekend before alumni weekend and oh, it'd be a lot of rugby for the summer that'd be awesome and a whole block party too oh that'd be insane that'd be so much fun like i'm really interested in going well and that's the thing too it's not just going to be like Chicago area people, it's the championship match. Yeah. And it's going to be on national TV. There's going to be events around the stadium. The city's going to be buzzing. Did that? Did the website have a link for tickets here? I'm assuming tickets might not be on sale yet. I didn't see. Man, I wonder when that'll be because that'd be. That'd be sick. But we'll have to keep an eye out for that. And I'm, I'd be really curious to see what like the cost is and everything else. Gotta so. start looking at hotels now. Yeah, probably. Oh, that reminds me too. Speaking of program note for this week no episode on thursday Mm -hmm. because again i was gonna do one with tom and it just you know we we think we can do better it was really good stuff but we think we can do better yeah uh and also 
we are heading to Nashville. This is the week. Yeah. Friday, we're going to Nash Bash. So we're really focused on getting all of our ducks in a row there. Expect more than two episodes next week. Yeah, more than likely, or at least a handful of interviews of some pretty interesting cats. Yeah, because we're going to be on the road. We're going to record some episodes while we're driving. We're going to record episodes when we get to the pitch. We're going to record interviews at night. We're going to record interviews in the morning. I said, how late at night? Because <laughs> it might be a little incoherent. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> then we might have to dump those too. We, we're just, we do have a collection of the lost episodes that just can't see the light of day. Available on Patreon. <laughs> yeah. There might have to be a, pay, a paywall or something for these. But no, I, I can't wait. I've never been to Nashville. That's fun. I've never been to Nash Bash. Obviously, if I've never been to Nashville, uh, it's going to be great. Yeah, I'm very excited. Last and year was fun. This year will be even, even better, more fun. Yeah. yeah. So and I was looking ahead too. The weather, weather's gonna be nice. Good. It's gonna be about seventy. Pretty Ooh. close. Ooh. Pretty close. Sixty-two to seventy, somewhere in that range. Nice. Yeah. Now we're looking forward to meeting new people and just yeah. So hopefully we'll see a lot of different people and we'll just have a bunch of little like ten-minute, five-minute interviews. Yeah. Where are you cool. from? Why are you here? What are you looking forward to? Who's your daddy and what does he do? What? <laughs> it's kindergarten cop. Oh. <laughs> I was like, dude, that got real weird. Uh, I just, it wasn't on the top of my head, but awesome. Well, I think this is good stuff. Yeah. Anything we miss? I think we've covered quite a bit. I feel like this one episode could have been split into two, but no, we're going to give it to you in one. Yeah. Really happy that Tavius and Connor could join us. And just a lot of things happening as we're getting hyped up for the spring season. Get out there, play rugby, coach rugby, ref rugby, support rugby in your community. High school rugby starts next week, too. Yeah. Just just get out. Yeah, just get out and do rugby stuff. Like, it's it's out there. It'll be awesome. Rugby. Rugby. How you feeling? Good you. 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 Fresh legs. Fresh legs. Fresh legs.